friend. Blink. This is Mountain Hippie Radio. Welcome to Hippie Church. I'm your host, Allie Wags. Thanks for being here. On today's show, I want to talk about the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And what I mean when I say the divine feminine and the divine masculine is I want to explore those energies as energies, not as energies that human beings have cloaked with meaning and story and baggage. So when I talk about the divine feminine and the divine feminine, divine feminine, divine masculine, also now going to drop the divine with the assumption that that is what I'm talking about. And what I mean by that finally getting around to the point is that there are these two energies and in different cultures, different traditions will identify these different energies in different ways. You see sun, moon energy, feminine, masculine, yin and yang, all of the, a lot of different historical traditions have a way of describing these two energies. And when I am talking about these energies, I'm talking about them not irrespective of gender identity, regardless of basically it has nothing to do with who you want to see naked or what you see when you are naked. All of these energies are incorporated in everything in different balances right and in different people we see those energies in higher percentages in different stages of life so with the masculine energy i am talking about that part of us that wants to put things in boxes wants to label things, wants to organize them in our minds. That masculine energy for me also is identified with uh, an ambition, a desire for more, a reaching for expansion. That sort of more forward looking rather than being satisfied with what is. For me, masculine energy is sort of itchy, bossy, uh, brassy, Um, Is it abrasive? I think anything can be described in many shades of its expression. And what I'm wrestling with, and I think a lot of us wrestle with, is that not all masculine energy is aggressive. It's not. In its extreme form, it can be very aggressive, particularly when you compare it to the the more feminine energy. And what I'm talking about when I talk about feminine energy is that compassionate, motherly, nourishing energy. There's a satisfaction with what is for me in a feminine energy. It's being versus doing in my mind. 
And this is just how my masculine part of my brain is trying to describe these energies. This is how I have experienced it in my life. It does not necessarily mean that it applies to you and or everybody. But all I know is what I know. And that's what I'm sharing here. So in these feminine energies, for me, there is that sort of more motherly, compassionate energy, but there's also this fierceness in feminine energy that I didn't quite understand at first. And now I'm starting to understand there's a there's a there's a coldness, there's a wildness. I mean, watch Animal Planet and you will know that not all of what Mama Nature has to bring us is hearts and roses and fairies. It's not all, well, it is all unconditional love. And that's what I'm starting to sort of tease out in my brain. And there's a reason why I'm talking about this. It is the thing that I have wrestled with for most of my life. I was in a very masculine dominated environment growing up as a child. And then after leaving the house, remained in that hyper-masculine environment for quite some time afterwards. And had my wiring been that 90% of me was associated with that masculine energy, which identified with that masculine energy, there would have been no disconnect. But the problem was, is that my percentages of masculine and feminine energy were skewed. They were skewed because I was taught and I believed that one was better than the other. That doing was infinitely better than being. Knowing, labeling, judging, identifying, those were things that were prioritized over this, this, this more accepting restful, receiving, allowing energy. And like I said, not all hearts and roses because there's a, there's a detachment that I'm exploring with this feminine energy, a detachment from what's going on around me in a really healthy way in that I'm identifying what's going on around me and I realize that that's not responsible for how I feel inside. I am responsible. And so if I choose to look at somebody doing something that I don't agree with, and I use that as my excuse to separate myself from my connection, from that place of unconditional love, from that place that recognizes that everybody is wandering around on this planet doing their fucking best. Yeah, they are. Everybody's doing their best. And yeah, from the outside, sometimes it looks like people, well, their best just isn't good enough. But everybody is doing their best. And when I can detach from what everybody else is doing, when I can detach 
detach from the circumstances that surround me, when I get more comfortable with that, how I'm identifying it as this feminine energy that doesn't need to be doing anything constantly, that can see something around me and not immediately react, not immediately try to fix it. And what I found in those moments of balancing that part of me and chances are a huge part of you, that part of me that that wants to expand, that wants to grow, that wants to make things, that that has ambition, that part of me doesn't need to go away. There's nothing wrong with that part. It's just finding that balance between the two. Finding the balance between me and my physical body muscling my way through the world or giving space, time, room to engage with something else. And for me, that is source energy. For me, that is universal consciousness. For me, that is this this belief that there is something bigger that connects us all. And the way that I feel that most is when I'm balancing these two energies inside me. I don't need to stop doing. I don't need to stop wanting. But what I do need And maybe what you need is to find that balance to listen, receive, hear what what source thinks, what source wants, what like, I don't even know how to describe it other than there is a feeling of... space just in that brief moment of me not talking I can feel what it feels like to be in my body I can listen to the sound of the howling wind out my door and allow it to be To not feel the need to muffle the microphone or get frustrated because the weather was different. And it's in just these fleeting moments of space where magic is possible. It's that back and forth between you in your physical body, me in my physical body, and all of the layers, the weird prism through which this energy is being pushed out. It's being pushed out in my unique way because of all of those things that I identify with in that masculine sort of energy place my ambition, my ego, all of those things. And that's the prism through which this energy is flowing and the energy starts to flow the more that I balance the masculine and the feminine. 
the more that I give myself permission in between doing to pause, to listen. One of the greatest teachers of this for me this week was actually a man. So I was talking to my friend April, whom you will meet. We are in the process of working on some radio projects together. And anyway, so I don't want to fully introduce April. um, But suffice to say, April is a multifaceted human being. She is a musician. She is a drummer. She is an educator. She is a psychic. Yes, she is a psychic among all of those other things. She was raised by a psychic. She has been a psychic her whole life. Um, I'm going to pause right here because my hot water heater has gone off. And it's going to go off for the next few moments. So I'm going to close my eyes and I invite you to do the same. And focus all of your attention on what you can hear of that hot water heater. The whizzing, the whizzing, the hissing. Direct all of your attention, all of your awareness to the hot water heater right now. All of your attention, all of your awareness listening to that hot water heater. Maybe the sounds of the wind. And what we're doing when we're doing this, one is we're going with the flow. I can't stop the hot water heater. I don't really want to pause the recording and lose this flow. So we're going with the flow of what's happening right now. And we're starting to direct our attention somewhere. So up until this point, hopefully your attention had been on the sound of my voice. But now that I am stalled just a little bit, in terms of the momentum of my story. The only real thing we can do is direct our mind towards something and focus. And in that focusing, that satiates that monkey mind. It gives us something to do and it quiets our physical mind. And we're listening and we're noticing if this brings anything up for us? Are there stories that we're telling to ourselves? Are we associating this experience with something that isn't supposed to happen? It is my belief that this was absolutely supposed to happen. I sure wish it would stop happening, (laughs) but it's okay. And what's lovely about the hot water heater is that it gets me back to the original story. My friend April, lovely multifaceted human being. She is a musician. She is an artist. She is a complex, lovely human being and also happens to be a psychic. Her mom was a psychic. And her connection with something beyond 
this three-dimensional space is really been how would I describe it man that thing is still going can we just all right I think we might just have to listen to the sound of the hot water heater and observe what happens when we be there's nothing to do right now noticing anywhere in your physical body that you might feel a sensation of satisfaction what feels satisfying in your experience right now Guess what stopped? What I love about that moment is how the second that I stopped fighting and struggling and trying to talk over the hot water heater, the second I gave myself permission to be and that it was okay to be, it stopped. How amazing is that? And in so many ways, that is the snapshot that is the small version of how you create your own reality, how you balance the part of you in this physical body that wants to do stuff And then how you can start to do stuff with your connection to something higher. The second I quieted my mind and stopped worrying about that stupid thing, it stopped. How cool is that? Sava Ali. It is okay. You are okay. Sava Ale. That was actually the story that I was going to tell you. My friend April is engaged to a man who is part of a spiritual tradition in Senegal. He is a healer in his country. And she is a healer in her country. And she and I were talking on the phone a couple of days ago, and she had gone to visit her fiancé in Senegal a couple of months ago. And while she was there, happened to get COVID. And so the story that she was telling me over the phone was how chill, almost annoyingly chill, her fiancé was when she got COVID. In his community, he, he and those around him spend most of their time in states of prayer or meditation. And so for him seeing her sick, there was... There was nothing to worry about. 
because his connection is so strong that there was nothing in his mind to worry about. Now, of course, my friend April has COVID and she is experiencing what that's like, period, plus in a different country, plus surrounded by his family whom she had just met. And he kept saying to her when she was worried about this and that and this and that, she kept, he kept saying to her, Sava Ale. It's okay. It's going to be okay. You are okay. Sava Ale. And there was something about hearing those words. Sava Ale. I speak French, but it is not my native language. It is not one of the languages I would consider myself to be fluent in. But even without deep knowledge of the language, listen to those words, sa, va, ale. Doesn't it just feel like your whole body is sighing, is releasing sa, va, ale? It is going to be okay. It is okay. I know what that guy said to you. Sava ale. I know how scared and worried you are. Sava ale. And for whatever reason, that phrase almost became a mantra for me over the last couple of days. Sava Ale. It is okay. And what I love about that, aside from how it feels when I say it, is I love how it applies in so many circumstances. When I'm struggling to be here, when I'm focused too far in the future on what has not become, and I'm not appreciating everything around me, Sava Ale, it is okay. Look around. Look around. Sava Ale. Sava Ale. It is okay. I know you did that thing that you swore you weren't going to do and you did it again and this was going to be the last time but you did it Sava Ale. That person across the street said that thing to you. Oh my God, it was so shitty. Sava Ale. Sava Ale. And for me, that, that phrase sort of encapsulates this feminine energy. The unconditional part, the part of source energy that holds you as its object of attention and doesn't see your faults, sees the ways that you're trying. It gives you the benefit of the doubt, that feminine, holding, nurturing, loving, I just scratch my knee and my mama is holding me tight, Sava Ale.
And then that phrase also captures that part of the feminine energy that is a little bit attached, detached rather. Yeah, there are people all around us every day doing weird things that we would not choose to do ourselves. Sava-a-le. Sava-a-le. It is okay. Our brain, our my brain wants to identify and label and judge and categorize and put people in piles. Why? Sava ale. That to me is the opportunity for exploration. Up until this point, I have been trying to bang it out on my own all day, every day. And what I mean by that is I mean that I've been thinking that I have to come up with all of the answers, thinking that I need to fix all of the problems. Sava ale. It is okay. Everything that's going on around me is okay because in this moment I get to choose. Am I okay? Yeah. Savale. So for today's show, I'm going to play with two little games. And I'm going to play with these little games because that's just how I work. I like games. I don't enjoy being forced to do things. I think it's more fun to make something a game and then see how that plays out. That's more exciting to me. So in spirit of balancing these masculine and feminine energies, one of the things that I told myself I was going to do on this show was to leave space for a conversation between, excuse me, one cough, damn it, okay, basically, I want to leave space for a conversation between me and my physical body with my unique filters and way of looking at the world and point of view and all that stuff, and I want to leave space for connection to something bigger. Because for me, that is the excitement in this show is not, all right, hold on. I'm going to take a sip of water. Don't panic. All right. So that was very loud. I'm going to work on my water sipping for future episodes. I want to leave space for play for this back and forth between me and my physical body and me that's connected to source energy. That's the thing that I'm geeking out about right now. That is. That's all I care about. That's all I want to talk about is how I can situate myself so that I'm in the best place for me to listen to something higher. And for me, I find that a balance of these masculine and feminine energies is really, really helpful. The masculine gives me the framework. 
So, right, I'm doing a show once a week and this is the show. This is sort of the framework. It's the way that I can sort of move through, get momentum, start building things. Those were all vague words. They don't mean anything. (laughs) I just, I have to call that, call it a, call a spade a spade. Anyway, that was a low vibration sentence, but that just means that it's time for the thing that I've been yammering on about and haven't done at all. So there are two games I'm going to play. One is based on a story that I told you weeks ago about George Harrison. And the story goes that he had just come back from India. He was staying at his mother's house. And at his mother's house, he was reading an ancient Chinese text called the I Ching. And in the I Ching, which is sort of a, um, a spiritual text um, in China, he noticed that there was a line in there that said something to, eff- to the effect of, in this moment, everything that's supposed to be here is supposed to be here. It's here for a reason. And George Harrison kept sort of gnawing on that, reflecting on that. And so he decided to play with that idea. And he said, all right, if that's true, if everything in this present moment is everything that this present moment requires, I'm going to pull a book off the shelf and I'm going to flip to a page and I'm going to see whatever words first come to mind. And then I'm going to write a song. And that song Well, the words he identified in the book first were the words gently weeps. And the song, of course, is while my guitar gently weeps. And so he wrote that song because that was his way of sort of holding space for magic. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this and then another uh, tarot style um, game, but I'm going to pick a book off the shelf and I'm going to scan to a word and then I'm just going to riff on it for like, I don't know, not an excessive amount of time. I don't know. I've never done this before. This is me sort of balancing these two parts of myself. We'll see how it goes. So I am looking at my bookshelf right now. And I've got everything from the Lorax to some French grammar books to a lot of hippy-dippy books, some Ayurveda books. And I'm really just sort of scanning and seeing what is catching my eye. And so, for obvious reasons, Um, or maybe not so obvious, Um, I pulled out The White Album by Joan Didion. That seems satisfying, right? We were just talking about The White Album. Um, And I obviously have a 60s obsession. So, and I'm going to flip to a page and I'm not going to be too fussy about it. And then I'm going to point my eyes are closed. And... Well, okay, I'm going to go with it. So the phrase that I rested my finger on was the phrase, perhaps 20 people. (laughs) Do I need to do it again? No, this is, hey, like we can't get gently weeps every single time. Perhaps 20 people. Okay, so perhaps, perhaps, maybe, perhaps. Maybe 20 
two tens, a ten, a five, and five ones. People. People are people. People be people. People. It's a very fun word to say. People. Perhaps 20 people. Maybe more than 20 people. Perhaps less than 20 people. Perhaps 20 people. All right, this is not working. I'm going to try again, and we're just going to hope that that was a cosmic joke. And we're going to see if we can get something else. Fire trap or not. Fire trap or not. Perhaps 20 people. Fire trap or not. Okay. Fire trap. What is a fire trap? I know what a parent trap is, but what is a fire trap? Huh. I've already closed the book. Don't know what page it was. So yeah, fire trap. My husband's a firefighter. Am I in a fire trap? Hmm. I do have to do dishes a lot because he always seems to get calls right after dinner. What's up with that? I mean, literally three or four days ago, there was a train on fire. And as soon as the dishes were ready to be cleaned, we had eaten all of the food off them. Everything was done. And we set them into the sink for my husband to do. And he got fire trapped. I got fire trapped because I had to do the, the dishes. Perhaps this is all that I'm going to get from Joan Didion, which is not a true statement. But what I do love about this exercise is that it takes a little bit of a weight off my chest. When you've been operating in this world, believing that the more you suffer, the better you are, the harder things are the more virtuous you are. It it feels really weird to come to a microphone with no plan. And it feels really weird because it feels easy. Because I'm not worried or stressed or gnawing on anything right now. No, I'm not. And sometimes that feels weird for the nervous system because essentially our bodies have what it identifies as max capacity for happiness, for joy, because we've been operating in ways in which we trigger our nervous system quite readily. We go into fight or flight quite readily for reasons that it was never intended. Fight or flight was designed for cheetahs chasing you. Very few people have cheetahs chasing us these days. But we do have Molly in accounting who writes a bitchy email that we misinterpret. And that can trigger our nervous system. And what happens is our body gets almost addicted to the combination of adrenaline and cortisol and this and the other. And we have this like, that's why it feels like our edge. And some people get stuck in their edge because it's really uncomfortable. And right now in my life, there are so many things that are going well, but there are a handful of things that I really would like to change, that I have a strong desire to change. And 
I'm aware that I'm not where I want to be. And what was so nourishing and lovely about using Sava Ale as a mantra, it was not given to me by some dude in India. It was not, um, there was no ceremony. It was a circumstance in my life, a friend telling a story and me being open and listening that became my mantra. I say it all the freaking time. I've said it how many times on this podcast? Don't count. Actually, we should, we should play a game. And everybody should guess how many times I've said Savale. And we'll continue to say it for the rest of the show. And it's like counting how many marbles are in a jar or something. It'll be fun. There'll be a prize. Don't know what it is. But yeah, um, if you'd like to enter, enter to win, send me an email. My email's in the show notes. Okay. So, Savale. Haha. <laughs> oh, wait. I guess I can't enter because I obviously would be able to rig that game. Anyway. Oh, no. I think I lost my train of thought getting distracted by games. Bummer. Savale. <laughs> Savale. It's okay. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. It's not that big a deal. Savale. That mantra, oh, is better than any mantra that I've ever read because it came to me. It was gifted to me. The universe had my friend April tell me that story on the phone so I could hear those words. I've met her or her fiance. He is lovely. He is that like ooey, gooey, honey. He is Savale. <laughs> Like there's just the the energy of him and that phrase for me are linked. And of course, that's dependent on our relationship. And, you know, I, you know, whatever. So I'm going to play another game because I've sort of run out of steam and now I'm just talking out of my ass. Um, And it's the same sort of idea that I'm going to leave space for magic. And we're going to hope that it's a little bit more articulate magic than Joan Didion, but ça va aller. It's all right. It's okay. So I have my tarot deck. And yes, it is apparently called tarot. My friend April taught me this. I always thought it was tarot. Um, Don't know the origin. She knows a whole lot more than me. She calls it tarot. I am on. um, But I need to ask her why that is. Anyway, I have my tarot deck and it is the wild unknown, which has a lot of really beautiful nature based, um, images. Um, it's very sort of mystical, witchy, earthy, feminine, um, the way that, the way that I define it. And so I wanted to pick a card. I know nothing about these things, by the way. I have my deck and I will play with it occasionally. And usually it is just based on things like this where I arbitrarily decide this is what I'm going to do with this deck for this reason right now. And I just trust that that's it. That the reason I feel inspired to create a game this way means that it's going to work for me because my belief is there. 
right? These tools like tarot decks, like other things are an opportunity for us to focus and to listen. And so that's all I'm treating this as. If you are a big tarot person and want to direct me toward somebody who could educate me on some of this stuff, awesome, please do. Um, I have some friends that have also sent some information toward me. But for me, this is just a way for me to listen and focus and trust that whatever needs to be said is going to be said. And then we'll wrap up the show and all my party tricks will be done. Sound good? Okay. So I've got my deck out. I've got my little guidebook. And so I am going to, I'm going to pick three cards. One seems a little, uh, one doesn't seem like enough. It seems like perhaps 20 people. (laughs) Perhaps I might get in a situation where it is not working out. So I'm just doing a little shuffling. I'm not exactly sure. I think you're supposed to shuffle with like different hands or whatever. I don't know. I'm, I'm shuffling with my hands and I am going to draw three cards and I'm going to flip over those three cards and I'm going to have those three cards be answers to questions that I have. And I'm going to use really general questions with the idea that hopefully this would be helpful to you. So the first question that I'm going to ask is, what is amazing about right now? Because we're talking about Saba Ale. It's okay. This moment right here is perfect. What is perfect about this moment? Give me universe, spirit, whomever is listening to me. Give me proof. Show me how everything is okay. All right. And the card that I drew is the Son of Pentacles. So I'm going to look it up in my book because I do not know this stuff well enough to know what that means off the top of my head. And let's see. Eight of Pentacles. We're in the Pentacles department. We're in the daughter and now we're in the son. Okay. So the answer to my question and perhaps your question is asking the universe, asking source to help me see what's amazing about my life right now. What is working for me right now? And the card that I drew was the son of pentacles. So I'm going to read that to you right now. The Son of Pentacles is considered loyal, quiet, and dedicated. The good side of the Son of Pentacles is that he's loyal and determined. He's inventive and can be trusted wholeheartedly. But sometimes this figure becomes stubborn (laughs) and persistent to a fault. Ouch. (laughs) This, combined with his quiet nature, results in his being hard to get to know and socially awkward at times. Thank you, universe. 
He commonly has one or two close friends rather than many. So my first question to you is what does that mean to you? What does that bring up for you? And usually whatever is, has popped into your mind, if you're in a good feeling place, which I hope after this conversation you are, what's coming up for you? That's your indication to the universe or from the universe, rather, that that little bit of knowledge or understanding or an idea, what does that bring up for you? Um, for me, obviously, this feels like we've got a little masculine energy, right? The son of pentacles, the stubborn and persistent to a fault, his quiet nature results in him being hard to get to know and socially awkward at times. I don't go out much. I'm really selective with who I spend my time with, with how I spend my time. And for me, this message is my message that there is nothing wrong with the masculine energy I possess. Nothing. There was a problem when that masculine energy was in excess. When it was turned on, and, and I mean turned on as in directed its ire toward that feminine energy inside me. There is nothing wrong with that masculine side of us. There's nothing wrong with that in me. When I discovered that I had it in excess, I went, I swung that pendulum to the opposite side and rejected all of that about me. And that didn't feel good either because it's not true. Me, you, are a collection of different energies. Each of those energies having a purpose, having a role. And things just get hairy when we give people tasks, give tasks to those that it doesn't belong to. That's why seeking approval from others is a fool's errand because they're not responsible for loving you unconditionally. Some of them can get pretty close, but it's your responsibility to love you unconditionally. And when you give that power away to somebody else, it doesn't feel good. So from this, I am taking a compassion for all elements of myself. The ones that I perhaps have relied too heavily on, the ones that I've overused, but also the ones that are new, that are budding. I'm obviously learning how to do this whole being and receiving thing. It's okay. Perhaps 20 people... <laughs> have done this before. No, I don't know. I'm really trying to get that. Perhaps 20 people will get it done. Perhaps 20 people. 
So there are parts of me that are still in seedling form. I'm still learning how to do this. There are musicians, improvisers who can go up on stage and turn it on, let it flow, let it radiate throughout them. And that's what I'm learning to do. And so for me, this card is about loving that part of myself that perhaps has been all tuckered out from overuse and honoring that part of myself that's growing, that's becoming. Okay, so we've done that. What is my second question? So my second question is, so my first one was what is amazing about now? Um, my next question is going to be, what do I need to let go of? What do I need to let go of? I am on the cusp of something massive and I can feel it. Have you ever had that where you're on the cusp of something and you know, you're just waiting. This one little thing is going to fall into place and then pow, all of these areas of your life are going to be satisfied. Oh my God. It's an amazing feeling. It also, coincidentally, it can be a frustrating feeling if you're not appreciating where you are right now. And so for this next card, my question to spirit, to the universe, to my inner being, to everyone in non-physical form who's listening right now, what do I need to let go of? What do you need to let go of? And we're going to go with this one. (laughs) So I drew I drew the fool. So that's funny. Um, I am going to go to that in my little handy dandy book, even though that is one that I know a little bit better than the other ones. We are right here. Okay, so the question was, what do I need to let go of? The card that I drew was the fool. And it, the words to describe it in this manual, manual, it seems so austere, in this guidebook, there we go, spontaneity and innocence. The fool is ready to fly, his young wings ache for flight and with a single step he leaves behind the comfort of the nest to begin the journey through the major arcana is he ready will he fall this is a card about beginnings it points to the side of you that is spontaneous excited naive and inexperienced others may doubt your abilities Be ready to be called the fool. Be ready to fall. No matter what people say about you, this is your journey. And it's already begun. Well, how fucking fabulous is that? I mean, come on. Seriously. Um, The fool. What does this mean to you? Beginnings. Spontaneity inexperience what does it feel like to be at the beginning of something 
for me, it can feel both ways. Well, it can feel a lot of ways, but sort of the, you know, good, if we're, if we're talking about buckets and the good bucket and the bad bucket, being at the start, like think about the start of a road trip. How excited are you? How daydreamy are you? How ready for adventure are you? And then on the flip side, and you could hear it in my voice when I sort of described to you where I felt like I was on the cusp of something. On the cusp of understanding. I was watching the Grateful Dead documentary on Amazon, I think, uh, last week. It's amazing. I've seen it before. And one of the things that... They were talking about when they were talking about LSD and its role in the creation of the dead and what the dead would become. Somebody was describing the sensation of being on acid and being so close to understanding everything. Like you have this feeling where you're on the cusp, on the brink, and you're just waiting for that one little moment where everything fits into place. And that feeling can be really exciting or that feeling can be frustrating. And for me, I've been, fr- I've been focused on the frustration. I've been focused on how I can see where I want to go. I can see the final image in my mind so clearly I can see it. But yet I'm aware of where I am right now. Sava Ale. It's okay. It is okay. It's okay I'm not where I want to be right now. I mean, think about it. If you're going on a road trip, you're like, oh my God, we're going to road trip all the way across the United States. You start in New York, you're going to California, I don't know, arbitrary places on either sides of the coast. And you get in the car and then somebody snaps their fingers And you're in L.A. Where's the fun in that? Where's the journey in that? If you wanted to go from New York to L.A. that quickly, you would have flown. But here's the thing is that we think we want to fly, but we really just want to drive. Drive in the sense of journey. Drive in the sense of exploration, of adventure. That's what we really want. I think that I want the thing that I can see five years, ten years down the road. I think that I want it now. But what I don't always understand is what I want is the experience of leveling up to get there. Of putting in the miles of stopping at all of those weird gas stations and eating weird gas station food. That's part of a road trip. The music's part of the road trip. The being out in the middle of nowhere wondering who the fuck lives here is part of the journey. And so for me, for this card, it's accepting where I am right now. 
knowing that I'm on the brink of something. I'm not wrong. I am absolutely on the brink of something. But what feels uncomfortable is the expectation that it be here immediately right now. I think that's what I want, but that's not what I want. And it's not what you want. And so for me, I'm going to do my best to let that go. And when I catch myself five minutes from now getting all caught up in the thing that I wasn't going to get myself caught up in, I'm going to know that that's okay. Savale. It's just me learning this new way of being. Me cultivating this new way of operating. Me cultivating new beliefs. So I'm going to do my best to let it go. And when I do let it go, savale. And when I forget, savale. Okay. So we've got... What do I need to know that's amazing about this moment? What do I need to let go of? And then I want to look forward for this last card. I want to look towards something that I don't even know is coming, right? We have these things that we know we've identified as as things that we want to experience or have or be. But what's so amazing to me about this relationship between me and my physical body and this this energy within me is the back and forth. I want spirit, source energy, the universe. I want the universe to wink at something that's coming that I have no clue is coming. And so here we go. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> and oh, I can't decide between those two cards. Do you ever get that? All right, I got to reset. Where you're like, oh shit, is this the right one? It's never the right one. If you hesitate, it's never the right one. Oh, I just hesitated again. I can't talk about hesitation. All right. Savale. Savale. No, my gosh. Seriously, this should not be this difficult, but this is like, this is like super exciting, right? This is the universe talking to me. Okay. Um, so I drew the father of cups. So I'm going to look that up. Not familiar with, uh, the cups and their fathers. We got the daughter going on. We got the 10. Let's see. Ooh. Okay. So the original question for this card was, what surprises do the universe have? Does the universe have in store for me? What is something that's coming to me in the future that I might not quite foresee? And I just want to plant the seed and I'm just going to see how that goes. And I invite you to do the same. Okay. Father of Cups. Diplomatic open-minded. The Father of Cups has a truly unique and dynamic personality. 
He's the most feminine of all the fathers with the tarot and usually a patron of the arts. I'm going to read that sentence again because it was a little awkward. He's the most feminine of all the fathers within the tarot and usually a patron of the arts. He's a dignified man who supports his family and his community. The only thing holding this man back are his deeply rooted insecurities. They are vast and affect his personality in many unpredictable ways. Well, that last part's a little bit of a bummer, but I have a choice. I have a choice on how I interpret this, and I have a choice of how I let it affect me. So we've got a feminine father. Obviously, I mean, this is what this whole show has been about, is that balance between masculine and feminine. So that's not surprising. A patron of the arts is also really interesting to me, because as an artist, I am so fascinated by the creative process. That is what's most interesting to me is how something gets made. And so this idea of potentially seeing myself as a patron of the arts is kind of cool. A way of supporting other artists in doing their thing. Because I'm only one person. I've only got one prism through which energy is flowing. But if somehow in my life, in my work, I can support other artists in doing their version of what I'm doing, holy shit, that would be amazing. Um, dignified man, supports his family and community. Okay, let's go back to the little ouchy part. So deeply rooted secure insecurities. Okay, who doesn't have those? And I would argue that mine, I've been rustling up those roots. They are not as ingrained in the soil as they've been before. And that feels really good. And what, these insecurities... Oh, are vast. Ooh, that's a bit, that's a bit much. Um, and affect his personality in many unpredictable ways. So it is true. I am just like anybody else. I have my insecurities. And those insecurities are the way that I pinch myself off from this source. When I look at somebody and I judge them, I'm pinching myself off from the source that's always flowing to me who doesn't do that who looks at that person and gives them the benefit of the doubt or understands where they're coming from or recognizes that somebody else can have a completely different worldview and opinion and it's not necessarily wrong, it's just their opinion. If I go to a buffet with four of my friends, we're going to have four different plates or five different plates. Math is hard. If I go to a buffet, everyone's going to put whatever they want to put on their plate. And nobody's going to need to justify or explain, well, I had, I had mashed potatoes yesterday, so I'm not going to have mashed potatoes. There's no need to do that. I mean, some people do, but there is no need to do that. I have ways in which I pinch energy off. I do. And so do you. Ça vale. It is Okay. But what's interesting about that is 
how it gives me the opportunity, how it gives you the opportunity to level up. It's that journey that we're longing for. The reason that we watch sports documentaries is because we are seeing the transformation in that athlete. We're seeing what those circumstances, that pressure, that those dynamics cause in terms of focus, what they require. Michael Jordan was a basketball player X number of hours a week, but he was always focused. And he had to be. To operate at that level, you have to be. And so for me, the ways that I've pinched things off have just shaped the way that the energy is flowing outside. And it's caused me to make, you know, make this make my winding circuitous route toward the things that I want. And that's the case for you. We have ways that we all pinch ourselves off and our inner guidance is directing us around that baggage. Eventually that baggage will actually melt away. But in the meantime, our inner being, universal intelligence knows our way around. I am playing the guitar for the first time in my life, in my 40s. And I'm learning to sing. And in both of these circumstances, I am learning how to do those things in very different ways. And what's interesting about those is that they both balance my masculine and my feminine energy. With guitar, I cannot... I'm not going to finish that sentence. With guitar, the conventional way of learning a series of chords has not worked for me. I don't know why it doesn't work for me. Don't care. I have started to play scales. I've started to play individual riffs. That works for me. So the most common way to learn that instrument is perhaps doing it through learning chords first and then moving on to other things. That doesn't work for me. That is an area of blockage or resistance for whatever reason. Doesn't matter. And here's the thing. I don't need to understand the reason. I just know it doesn't feel good when I try that way. But what does feel good is me playing scales, me playing the slide, me playing individual riffs. That's what feels good. And if you hear those sort of it, the me describing the way that I'm learning the guitar is very masculine oriented. I am like working on my exercises. I am doing my calisthenics. I am in my Ashtanga yoga practice. And what I love about that is that it quiets that part of my brain that's like, you're not there yet. Why aren't you there yet? Because I give it something to do. That part of my brain that's nagging and nagging, you're not where you want to be. That part gets to play scales. 
And we're going to do it over and over and over until we're all fucking tired out. Conversely, the way that I am learning to use my voice is more loosey-goosey, more feminine-leaning. And I will say that the greatest shift that I had in singing was actually on an acid trip a couple of weeks ago. I was feeling, I was, I was singing and I was doing, I was sort of approaching it like my good little soldier, doing my scales, doing my warm up, this, that, and the other. And it was too restrictive. It wasn't fun. It didn't feel good. That doesn't work. That way of doing does not work for me in that context. And I only knew that because I took acid and I sat and waited and, you know, all of the details about an acid trip. But I got to a point toward the end where there was a song on the um, on the radio. It's not on the radio. Um, there was a song playing on the stereo and I couldn't help it. I had to sing. Absolutely had to. Didn't care who else was in the room. That would have previously bothered me a lot. Would have restricted the expression because I was so aware and nervous about those around me. But on the acid trip, I didn't give a shit. (laughs) And I sang and I started to play with my voice as, as an instrument, as a part of me, but not all of me. There was that detachment that happened. There was there, there was that unconditional love that happened. That experience single-handedly changed my relationship with my voice. And the truth was, the truth is, that change was coming. But having the opportunity of spending all day in that place of a higher vibration, exploring deep recesses of my being, and the right, well-timed song changed everything. Now I'm not afraid to sing at all. My relationship with my voice has changed. My relationship with me has changed. And that didn't come from me doing anything. It came from me leaving space to be and listening and following what felt good. That exploration of how how I'm becoming a musician, how I'm becoming a singer. And then also recognizing Sava Ale, I am not there. There are very few things that I will do related to music in public when not on a hallucinogenic. But I got ready to be ready for one thing. And I can feel where I'm going. And the part 
that I'm working through right now is how, how to get where I'm going, having the most fun possible, bringing the most joy possible, feeling the way that I feel right now as I'm moving in that direction. Because the truth is I have grit my teeth and I have grinded myself toward goals over and over and over again. And that took a fucking toll on my body, took a toll on my heart. It took a toll on my soul. And so I do want to explore a different way of getting where I want to go, a different way of taking that road trip. And if any of this sounds appealing to you, please accept this as my wholehearted permission to do the same. If you're feeling the resonance of my words right now, that means they're true for you. Doesn't mean they're true for everybody. Doesn't have to be true for everybody. Nothing is true for everybody. And so... I guess I'm done. <laughs> I guess this is how these things are going to end. I feel like I'm supposed to end on a crescendo. And um, then I just sort of peter out and uh, run out of steam. So I guess that's how I end a show. Um, I guess that is our show for today. And if any of this resonated with you, drop me a line. Send me a note. Leave me one of those Spotify messages. You can actually leave me a voice message because I'd love to hear. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to keep doing this show the way that I'm doing it because it feels good to me. But because it feels so good to me, I know that it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And if it's what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm doing it for a connection with somebody else, for a connection with you. And if you feel called to reach out, please do. If not, no worries. We'll do the same thing-ish again next week. We'll see. And yeah, that's our show for today. Until next time. Friends blink. This is Mountain Hippie Radio.